Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today, I'm looking forward as we go further into 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, and this will be our eighth Bible study in the ninth chapter of this first letter that Paul penned to the church in Corinth. Now, if you've been tuning in, you'll know some of this, but in case you're catching us for the first time, by the way, if you're catching this for the first time, you've missed quite a bit, and I've got good news for you. Wherever you find your podcast, you'll find us. You'll type in Striving for Revival on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can subscribe for free to the Striving for Revival podcast, and you'll have access to all of the archived Bible studies that we have done. Every study that we've done here on the radio, we take that, we put it there on the podcast. That way, if you miss us live on your radio station, you can go back and listen at your leisure whenever you find the time, and that way you don't miss anything. I know some of you tell me, I study my Bible, Brother Cooper, with you. As you go through it day by day, I go through it with you every single day. In fact, just this week, I was in another state, uh, in another area of the country, and had more than one person say, hey, I listen to your podcast. I love your podcast, and I want to say thank you for that. It encourages me to know that you're out there and you're listening, and I pray every time that we get uh, this time together, God will use it in your life. So get the podcast if you haven't already, and then you can listen and binge listen if you want to and catch up with us. Now, we've been dealing with this in Corinth. This city is not too far from Athens. And because of that, that air of academia and philosophy and that attitude of this progressiveness has sort of gotten into the Christians there in Corinth because they've been raised in that culture. There's a little bit of that. So Paul has to refute and contrast worldly wisdom with the wisdom of God and how different they are. Also, there is prevalent sin in this church. And you say, well, I thought, I, I, I thought probably these churches in the Bible were perfect. No, and God gives us the example. There's no such thing as a perfect church because there's no such thing as perfect people. And people make up the body of Christ. And though we are saved, we still live in this flesh, and our flesh fails, and our flesh uh, is corrupt and carnal. And when you get a bunch of people together, whether they're saved or not, you're going to have some problems. And so there's some problems in this church. Immorality is rampant here. There's sin, division, personality conflict, pride, uh, suing one another, taking each other to court. I mean, all of these things that you would think would not be said among Christian people, it's involved here in this church. It's evident there. You can see it involved. And so Paul's having to deal with that. In this ninth chapter, Paul has had to answer criticism. They have criticized Paul and saying maybe he's just in this thing for money. And uh, he's taking offerings from these churches. Wonder why he doesn't just get a job. And by the way, a pastor ought to be willing to work if he has to, but it's not ideal. The church ought to take care of their preacher. They ought to. And I believe most churches can if they only would. They ought to help him. Why? Because a pastor ought to give himself to the Word of God and to prayer, fasting, studying, getting a message from God, having the touch of God on his life, and doing those things that are the primary purpose. His job in that pulpit is so important. And there's other things, a lot of times, most, if, honestly, if the average pastor was to look at what he spends time on, 
and I believe there's been a study done on this. I just don't remember off the top of my head. But if the average pastor would look at what do you spend the most time on per week, prayer would probably be the least. Administration, uh, fixing little uh, you know, technical troubles or electrical problems or running a vacuum cleaner, all that stuff, it'd probably take up more time. And that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not even close to being biblical. And that, uh, that, that's not right. The pastor ought to give himself to the Word of God and to prayer primarily. And because of that, those who preach the gospel, the Bible gives us the principle they are to live of the gospel. By that, it means the church ought to take care of the pastor. But, Paul said, at the same time, I'd rather go without and not have you give anything if it means that if you give me something, you're going to question my preaching. He said, I'd rather go without. He said, I don't want to abuse my power in the gospel. And though I've got rights to these things, there's the principle given to us in the scripture. He said, I don't want to abuse that. Now, you see a lot of men abuse that. And I believe that's probably one of the uh, uh, the, the uh, most base things that a, pre- uh, can do, a preacher can do is to abuse that. Uh, you see it all the time with the charismatic crowd, especially then some Baptists who act like charismatics, and they're just after money. They're always talking about money, and they get more and more money, and they live lavishly, and they, uh, they are making merchandise of those people that they are called to minister to. That is not what you and I are to do as preachers, not even close. I want you to see what Paul said in verse number 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. Verse 20, and unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law is under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law is without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Now, we're going to talk about this, but let me go ahead and give a disclaimer. This is not a reference to compromise. This is a call to discernment. Paul is not advocating compromise. Paul is advocating wisdom. He is advocating discernment in dealing with people. So Paul is saying he sought to put his work for God into perspective here. He said, I am free from all men. What he means by that is he has nobody over him. There is no, he has no boss. He has no CEO. He has no manager, earthly, temporal, uh, temporally speaking. Nobody's in charge of Paul. He is free He can do as he pleases. He has no human boss. He has liberty to make his own decisions, to do what he feels is right. He has that spiritual liberty. Nevertheless, he said, here's what I do. I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. Paul said, hey, though I have this position where there is no human authority over me, I have willingly submitted myself. I have willingly humbled myself, put myself as Christ did. I've become a servant. Why? Because I am trying to win you to God. I can do some things that are perfectly right. They are in bounds. I am allowed to do them. I've got Bible to back it up, but I know it would offend you. So I don't do what I could do so that I might win you you. That is spiritual maturity. That is doing things that are advantageous. They are, uh, they are uh, effective. Those are things that are using your liberty to further the cause of Christ and not as a stumbling block. Paul talked about that 
uh, in a previous chapter. And now he gives us the example. Paul said, I'm ministering to Jews, I'm ministering to Gentiles, young and old, and I've got to understand how to deal with these different kinds of people. So he says this in verse number 20, under the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. So he presented himself in that fashion. He did not. Uh, he didn't have a hard time doing that because he was raised in Judaism. So he approached them on that level. His goal is gaining the Jews, winning them to Christ. So he presented himself in such a measure that he might win them. You see, what does that mean? That means Paul probably said, "Hey, listen, I, I know the law and I know what it says." Yes, and said, "Man, I, I grew up going to the temple," and uh, and he said, "I understand the Psalms and the prayers that we pray and all of these things." He didn't come out of the gate and do things that would offend these people right off the bat so that they'd never get born again. He was harmless as a dove, wise as a serpent, and he didn't want to injure his opportunity to get the gospel to them. Why? He wanted to gain them that are under the law. And then he said in verse 21, to them that are without laws, without law being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. He said, I didn't eat bacon with my Jewish brethren. But I would have some bacon with the Gentiles. He said, I understand. He said, they're different. He said, so I do some things with these Jews that I don't do with these Gentiles, and I can do some things with these Gentiles I don't do with these Jews. He's not talking about compromising personal conviction or stepping over Bible principle or getting over God's fences that he's clearly set through the Scripture. He is calling for spiritual discernment. Who are you dealing with? Who are you preaching to? Who are you serving? You ought not do it all the same with, listen, you don't preach the same way at a nursing home as you do a preacher's conference. You don't preach the same way necessarily to at youth hour as you do Sunday night church service. You don't preach the same way on the doorstep as you do in the pulpit. It is different. You know who you're ministering to. You talk differently to a seasoned Christian than you do a new convert or a lost person than you do a saved person. And Paul is saying this, I want to understand my audience. I want to understand who I'm dealing with so that I can effectively deliver them the gospel that I might gain them or win them to Christ. That is such an important principle for the soul winner. The pastor, be all things to all men, not compromise. You don't go drink beer with the drunkard and smoke dope with the dopehead. That's not what we're talking about. But know who you're talking to and let God give you wisdom on how best to minister to those people. That's what Paul is saying in these verses. I pray God will use that in your life as you seek to serve him today. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.